0: get to this uh, sh- should we should we tell people what I don't we're doing See, why
1: not i mean if you want <laughs> it, it might sound kind of weird so <laughs> yeah
0: because they're not going to hear this the is, other episode for a while <laughs>
1: this is our second go around <laughs>
0: yeah we we lost two uh, weirdly two episodes that are connected the wish yep. and doppelganger land so as you're listening to this um uh we will also record doppelganger land after this which is like seven episodes later so you won't hear that one till later but (laughs) when you do you'll be like oh this is all connected
1: hey oh my god
0: (laughs) um but anyway so i should say my thing i should say the official thing do it uh hello and welcome back to another buffy podcast i'm trevor and i'm Kristen, and we are gonna geek out about buffy today's episode is season three episode nine the wish Again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The wish.
0: 2.0. 2.0. This episode is great. I Um, love this one.
1: I'm actually kind of glad we get to talk about it again, because I want, I like, I always wonder when we're done if I like forgot stuff that I like wanted to say. So I tried to be a little more mindful today so that we can hopefully make the same points we made before and... Then maybe even extra ones. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, we, and we also like text each other after a bunch of episodes. We're like, ah, I forgot to talk about this thing. Yeah. Where I'm like, we should, when we get to the end, start over again and be like, okay, so (laughs) I can revisit it.
1: This is what you missed. Yeah. (laughs) And then we can use your little, um, your little animation yeah dialogue (laughs) at the beginning It's like all right let's do this one last time (laughs) we'll just just we'll just keep doing this until we die yes we'll keep going back to the beginning and doing it again and again and again
0: (laughs) and we'll never get tired of it that's how good this show is (laughs) um but yeah so this this episode opens with buffy uh and the scoobies under attack by demons
1: yep Um, it's like the middle of the day too right
0: yeah, it's just like a yeah. random demon, which they do every once in a while. They just come up with like the mo- you. You think about the behind the scenes, too, of mm-hmm. like they have to come up with like lore behind. You know, they wrote, they wrote like lore behind these demons yeah. and their purpose. And they design everything for like a one minute scene that yeah. doesn't connect to anything. And it's like, bravo, because that's impressive. Well,
1: because they literally are like, isn't he going to go poof? Uh, I guess these guys don't. Even just a tiny line like that, you're like, oh, different demons, like, dissolve differently, I guess, or whatever. And so they're like, (laughs) and she also is like, we'll come back later and worry about it. And I'm like, so then there's just going to be a demon body (laughs) all day sitting in this park all day.
0: (laughs) The initiative will take care of it. It's fine. Next year.
1: (laughs) Don't worry. It's just gang members on PZP. Right. (laughs) So you want the usual story, gang-related PCP? What you have in mind, the truth. Right, gang-related PCP.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> um, also, they have a very annoying line in this, which is, is something that we've been covering, uh, which is the lack of faith, and they mm-hmm. say, So how come faith was a no-show? that thought mucusy demons were her favorites. Couldn't reach her, again. It hasn't been hanging out much, and it's yeah. such a it's such a cop out to her mm-hmm. not being here for this episode. Which, I mean, in essence, makes a little sense. Faith wouldn't be in the alternate reality that we're going to step into because Buffy never came here. Um, although they could have, they could have written a whole thing where maybe she died in Cleveland. You know? And yeah,
1: I mean, I don't even. I think the use of Faith in the correct timeline, in my opinion has no bearing on the presence of Faith in the alternate timeline. Right. You, We could have had Faith in the present timeline, and then she's just not in the alternate timeline. There, it, She could be there for one scene. Yeah. That makes no, in my opinion, that makes no difference. Yeah. And so I'm with you where it just sort of feels kind of lazy, where you're just sort of like, I mean, I I guess she doesn't need to be there, but like think about how much richer your story would be if she were
0: right. Well, and especially for when she does eventually become so heavily ingrained into the story before the turn. And a few episodes is just like that comes out of nowhere when you don't have her present now.
1: Yeah, 100%. She, sh- she
0: should be with them. She should be with them on the picnic and like awkwardly trying to be part of the gang or whatever. And she's not. and they, She's just not anywhere. And it's frustrating. Well,
1: and we've we've mentioned it. And obviously, because we're doing this episode a little out of order, <laughs> I don't remember when we mentioned stuff. But like none of them are making an effort to invite her either. Yeah. It seems yeah. like. And Buffy is just like, eh, you know, whatever. I mean, like, I can't reach her and like she shouldn't be alone so much, but what are you gonna do? And I'm like, I mean, you right. can do something something could yeah. happen. Like anything.
0: Well, and and we'll get into this when we talk about Doppelgang Land. which to our listeners, I'm sorry you have to wait that long. Um <laughs> but it is it is fascinating that this could have been like this the wish in Doppelgangland could have been a two part. Mm-hmm thing like it watching them together which I had never done before yeah I was same. like oh shit this is like a connected two-parter this really works and obviously there's two big things that happen in between uh-huh. uh, or actually there's one big thing that happens in between the wish and this but that big thing could have happened right before this could have been the break episode after the big thing like oh we're gonna like they like they do with Tabula Rasa you have that huge sure. reveal at the end of once more with Feeling, and Tabula uh-huh. Rasa Gives you a comedic break to not have to deal with the emotional fallout. And they do that a lot throughout Buffy. So to have that here where sure. like you have something epic and then you go to another world so you don't immediately have to deal with it, it would be such a great way to kind of up. Do you mean the
1: thing that happens with Giles?
0: No, 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 no. The thing that happens with Faith.
1: Oh, OK. So see, here's the thing for me. Is that like <laughs> I'm trying to think about how to say it. I think if you remove the one faith scene from doppelganger land, the one scene with faith and and spoiler alert, the mayor from doppelganger land, I think these episodes could and should have come out right in order because there's nothing else. Nothing else in doppelganger land indicates its placement in time in the series. There's right. none of the weird stuff with Xander. There's none of the weird stuff with Giles. There's none of that. And so you're 100% right. It could have just come out immediately after and been a two-parter. And I think it actually would have worked out a lot better.
0: Yeah, it, it made me think about what we've been talking about this whole time, too, which is... Uh, and I have. To, I'm gonna have to keep apologizing because it's like we've uh, we just finished Doppelganger Land to yeah. our listeners, so we're going back in time and like trying not to <laughs> talk about things. Our heads are in different spaces, but it it does this thing where it builds the world of season three in a way that season three doesn't do.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Like
0: having these two together and more like this throughout season three would help build a more refined, cohesive storyline. Yeah. And them being so far apart kind of shows how season three is not well structured.
1: Yeah, because we've talked about it a couple times. One of the things that's that's like weird and interesting is the end of like, I guess from like two or three episodes from now until the end it basically is like one important episode, and then a you know a throwaway episode that doesn't not not a throwaway like we still love them, but they it doesn't pertain to the main plot of the season. So it's like one you know necessary episode, one unnecessary episode, and it's like back and forth and back and forth, even up until like the one episode before the two part finale is kind of a throwaway episode and it's so bizarre yeah. how how unplotted and unpaced season three feels when you're watching it very specifically like this i don't know right. it's super weird
0: i know and and I've, i we're definitely beating a dead horse but it's worth bringing up uh, mostly because i've seen a lot of people list on their thing like number three season three is the best season of all of buffy and i get that ostensibly, and with the hindsight of the way I've always looked at it, where I think of the collection of episodes, like yeah. I've always like, oh, there's so many good things in season three. There's so many great moments. There's so many mm-hmm. great solid episodes. But then when you look at it piece by piece and how it flows, as we've been doing yeah. with this season, it's just like, ah, oh, this does not track at all. None of this. Yeah tracks
1: completely and it's so weird which we we've again said but it's like coming off the heels of season two which sort of felt like you know like as a series and as a production it felt like someone behind the scenes had you know the season bible you know they had everything it was like plotted from start to finish and i think you specifically said it where it's like especially with eliza dishku and faith it's like They were like, oh, cool. Hey, what if there's another Slayer? And then, but that's it. We have no idea what else to do with her. We'll just put her on the shelf until we need her again. And it's just a really bizarre assortment of choices, which especially like you said in this episode, it's like, Why isn't Faith here? She could be there at the beginning. She could be there at the end. You know, I know she doesn't go to school with them, but there's ways that you could make this work. Yeah. You know, it's so weird.
0: Which is also weird because they did it with Kendra. They did. They had her show up and then they made her disappear and then they brought her back to kill her off. Yeah. And uh, and I, I, I have a feeling maybe they were intending the same thing for Faith and then were maybe like oh, uh, well, we can't just do the same thing. We can't just keep killing slayers, A, yeah. because it's boring st- storytelling, but also, like, we will always have to keep contending with the fact that a new slayer will inevitably come. Exactly. So, like, they were like, fuck, let's keep her alive. Okay, I guess we'll make a story out of her, but then dispose <laughs> of her some other way. Put her in a coma. There yeah, you go. Oh, my God, what? Whoops, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. Um. But uh, yeah, so anyway, back to this episode. <laughs> not to not to keep bashing on season three. We I, like I, I I'm sure you. I won't speak for you, but I still love season three. It's just it's not great overall yeah. as a season. There's I agree. so much great stuff in it, but it's just not great overall. Um, <clears throat> and so. After their thing, we cut to Cordelia. She's burning pictures of Xander. Yep. She's sad. I actually really love the emotional turmoil of Cordelia in this episode. I think yeah. they do a really great job. Um, and they do a really great job. I really want to... I'm really excited to talk because I, I have a new perspective on Xander as well for Land, which we're going to okay. get into. Okay. Um and it also I think ties... we might
1: have the same one, because I thought of something, too, when I was watching it today, so <laughs> well, actually, curious. no, wait, wait,
0: it's not Doppelganger, line. it's this one, okay, we can talk about it in this one. Oh, okay, um, then it's different. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for what you have to talk yeah. about. Uh, okay, so my thing with Xander, which I, I guess we can get into now, is he's hilariously misguided in his trying to make it all disappear, like Willow... Right. Willow and Xander are approaching it differently. Willow yeah. wants Oz to forgive her and she's kind of pushing it too much.
1: Wow, well, look at us, running into each other as two people who go to the same school are so likely to do now and then.
0: Uh, and Oz says the really great thing. I'm sorry this is hard for you, but I told you what I need, so I can't help feeling like the reason you wanna talk is so you can feel better about yourself. It's not my problem. And it's a very mature, grown-up conversation between them, which I really love. Xander is like, I mean, it's their... I mean, it's part of what yeah. you said, but it's, like, coming from Xander, so it sounds a lot worse. Or it's like, Ugh. And they burst in, rescuing us without even knocking? I mean, this is really all their fault.
1: <laughs> well, because he he basically is like, and how dare they show up rescuing us like all that? Right? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. okay, say That's it again funny. slower. Yeah. You'll get there. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, because I do kind of... My defense of the whole Xander and Willow kissing is, in my opinion, and that's not to say that Cordelia is not entitled to her feelings and Oz is not entitled to his feelings because they are, but I do think they both approach this as they caught them kissing and it was the worst thing that could have ever happened despite the fact that they were kidnapped by an evil, terrifying vampire who at that point had potentially left them for dead and they didn't know if or when anybody was going to rescue them. Right. Just because you've been rescued in the past. I mean, your luck has to run out at some point. Yeah. And so in my opinion, I think it could have really been like you, they could have ex- excused it a little more by like the adrenaline of the moment that like, you know, crazy aspect of it. You know, I don't know. And I think that part that is part of the reason why Oz is able to forgive Willow. But like Cordelia has a lot of other stuff going on about the whole scenario as well. So she's not as easily able to forgive, which, again, I understand. And I don't want these things to change because I like Anya and I like, you know, you have to meet Anya because Cordelia has to be a woman scorned and all of this stuff. But it just is I I'm like a little bit on Xander's team in this instance. (laughs) I'm just sort of like, I mean, (laughs) it's not a hundred percent. And because that's the other thing, too, is like we we as the audience know that he and Willow have been like dancing around each other and touching and like almost kissing and a little bit of kissing and stuff for like a while. But Cordelia and Oz don't know that. Yeah. So they they saw the one kiss in the heat of the moment. And while yes that is bad and looks bad, I think it isn't as bad and doesn't look as bad as they make it out to be.
0: Yeah. You know I what literally I, mean? I wrote in my notes Xander's this is quote unquote this is their fault sounds like Kristen LOL.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't 100% agree with him yeah. because it's not completely their fault. It's no, no, definitely no, no. Willow and Xander need to take some of the responsibility and Willow definitely does. And I think this just sort of adds on to a long track record of things that Xander just does not take responsibility for.
0: Yeah, I I, I honestly, I think I think you're completely right. I think they walked in on an unfortunate moment and Willow and Oz demonstrate how to handle that. Willow, Willow's devastated. Oz stops to think about it. Yeah. And and they come to terms with it. And it's really it's really a great arc. Um. And I think that Xander doesn't handle it well because Mm -hmm. Xander, which I'll talk about, um, which I I, I could talk about now, um, except I want to mention one thing is uh, I really love the attention to detail because on the surface you would think, oh, Cordelia is being dramatic, Cordelia's mm-hmm. being dramatic in how this is affecting her. It's just Xander, but it's like this is the f- as we've experienced in season mm-hmm. one. This is the first time she took her walls down. Yeah, and she got a knife put through her chest. Essentially. Like I mean, she got a she got a rhubarb put through her stomach. Yeah, but like,
1: she, <laughs> <laughs> she's like dated a lot of popular guys, but I don't think she's ever liked anyone before. Right. It's all been There's, about like social standing, and so yeah. for her to have let down her walls at all, and then specifically for someone who is in her mind and the mind of the entire school in a lower social class than she is. Yeah. And to then get burned by it, it is not great. However, yeah. I feel like... Like, how did that information get out? You know what I mean? Like, she, I feel like...
0: I th- I don't think the information got out. I think they well, broke definitely- up. I think, I think the breakup got out and people oh. just turn that toward her because she had separated herself from society from that society part of the and so they were they just call her Xander's cast off like nobody knows she obviously broke up with him but they're saying like Xander broke up with you just to get under her skin in my opinion that's what like is going on
1: yeah that could definitely be because also like the like Harmony and the other girls like they say something about her it was like good move faking that injury and it's like um no she got, yeah. i got impaled for real on rebar in like an abandoned warehouse right like that but was like not to, a joke
0: but to be fair they're not in her life and so yeah. they just she all they know is she told people i got hurt yeah and so they're just like oh you fake this plus the last time harmony <laughs> saw her was her telling off harmony in them so like they definitely want to get vindictive on her
1: yeah i mean um, i it's it's all stuff i get the other thing is it, it goes back to the thing about, you know, this being a really significant, you know, series of events for Cordelia. But I like re- remembering in Lover's Walk when um, uh, Xander comes to see her at the hospital to, like, apologize. And he brings her flowers. And, you know, I think it's really interesting how quickly she shuts down. Yeah. Because she just doesn't. E- she will not even listen to anything he has to say. And I, I find that interesting And like a smidge ill-advised, but you know, it it is just, it's the way Cordelia is. And like I said before, I don't want to miss out on Anya. So we need Cordelia to be a woman scorned for sure. No, for
0: sure. Yeah. (laughs) Like this all has to happen. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. Um, But the, so the thing I wanted to talk about was Sander, which jumps a little bit ahead in the episode and we'll get there also naturally. But uh, so I was thinking about watching spoiler alert, and we didn't even really not spoiler alert because you all all, watched this episode but if you didn't watch this episode it's the episode where cordelia wishes buffy never came and they all go into an alternate universe um and that alternate universe is vampire willow and vampire xander and as they were sitting there as actually as they were talking to the master i was thinking about your discussions, you and I having discussions about vampires and their emotions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, there's no way Spike feels love. And it's like, but the vampires very clearly experience emotions. They're afraid of the master. They're yep. excited about things. Like they have all these emotions. Why yeah. would love not be involved in it? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that while watching them. And then I was, and then it made me realize, oh, so you're capable of emotions. Mm-hmm willow is fucking twisted but we know that comes full circle we yep. experience that when we're like oh she's got a darkness inside of her and we get a whole storyline about it yeah. angel as we've discussed it has mm-hmm. a darkness inside of him and we go through all that even with a soul in angel and spike is an evil vampire who is overwhelmed with human type emotions yeah. and when he is when he's you know, in a certain state in season four, five, six and seven, um, he is not in. It, it, we've discussed where we're like, mm-hmm. you know, the thing Spike does when he is incapable of hurting people is much different than what Angel would do.
1: A 100%.
0: And so then all of that to say, come back to Xander, who is mm-hmm. a full on sociopath as uh-huh. a vampire. He is a creepy, sadistic sociopathic monster there is nothing he's he's like the way he is and it's it's a great performance he's like purely he's not he finds joy and torture and he is just like awful And we never explore that except for the subtle story of telling throughout the show of the things he does.
1: The things he does, the things he doesn't take ownership of emotionally and physically things he does. yeah. You know, uh, I 100 percent agree with you. And even so much as like when when Vampire Willow is torturing um, Angel in the, you know, in the alternate universe, Xander flicks a lit match Right. On to Angel, but even Vampire Willow is like. Watch it with those things. You almost got my hair. You almost caught my hair on fire, which would have killed her. Yeah. Because those vampires go up in flames like they're <laughs> soaked in lighter fluid. So I'm just sort of like that goes to your sociopath <laughs> argument for sure. I noticed that this time for sure because he just was and and she she calls him out on it and he's like oh, sorry. Sorry.
0: Yeah, he, like, like, doesn't care at all. You're not sorry at all. <laughs> also, side note, I saw the most hilarious meme. It's going to sound weird explaining, but it was basically, like, <laughs> any vampire getting touching fire at all in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it was, like, a nuke going off, and they were, like, Buffy, Darla, or any main vampire, and it's just, like, a person with fire on their arm. Yeah,
1: right, because like, that happens to Spike <laughs> when he's out in the sun. Yeah. That one time for, like, just a minute, and it catches yeah. his arm on fire, and that's it. <sighs>
0: It just kills every other vampire. But yeah, he he like doesn't care at all about anything. Yeah, that's uh, a very
1: interesting observation. Cause that didn't even that didn't even hit me a hundred percent. And that is not the Xander moment I was talking about. Yeah. My Xander <laughs> moment is in Dovelgangland.
0: Oh, I'm excited for that. Um but yeah, so we'll get we'll get to back to that naturally. I just wanted to that's like in my brain as I was watching these back to back. Uh but then Cordelia's getting picked on by Harmony and them, and they joke about setting her up with Jonathan, which, yeah, a she's already dated.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent canonically. She, she absolutely went on that date with him after the reptile right. boy thing. He, I mean, she was forcing him to like get her coffee and stuff, but like that was a date. He paid, they were on a date.
0: Yeah, they were on a full date, um, which probably adds insult to injury.
1: And also kind of rude to him.
0: Yeah, it's like, so I mean, which I mean, obviously they would do because they're popular, popular kids. But
1: yeah, but you know what?
0: Poor Jonathan.
1: Jonathan's great.
0: He is great. We love Jonathan. And he gets his full episode of greatness. Yeah. Uh,
1: I also just I just finished rewatching Gilmore Girls and he's in like the last four seasons. Oh, wow. And he's so funny. I love him. I love uh, Danny Strong so much. I think he's amazing. He's also an amazing writer. He's written a bunch of like
0: he co-created Empire.
1: He did do that. He wrote that um, that HBO movie recount about the 2000 election in Florida. Oh, wow! he's done like a ton, a ton, a ton of like prestige stuff. And I just think he's great. I think he should be in way more stuff. He's super smart. Go, Jonathan.
0: And he's funny and sweet. We like him. Um, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I so said I really like the emotional fallout of this episode, like Cordelia being sad down the hall and like seeing Xander. Mm-hmm. Um, that dude. Look, the guys are kind of down on me lately. Coach just cut me back to second string. If anyone saw me hanging with Xander Harris's cast off, on top of that, death, you know. But maybe if you want to go someplace private.
1: John Lee. Get out of here, uh, John Lee. Go away.
0: Um Also there's so Anya's talking to Cordelia and she's basically trying to goat her her into uh making a, making wish. a wish. And there's such nuance to it because when you watch it for the first time you don't know who Anya is, she's just a friend. And so like watching it again, knowing you can see the annoyance in her face that she won't make a wish. But when you're watching it, you're just like, oh, she's just like not necessarily interested in this conversation. Apart from being without class, the guy's obviously blind, deserves whatever he gets. I'm not even thinking about him. I am past it. I am living my life. (laughs) Still, I mean, don't you kind of wish? I don't wish, I act. Starting now, Xander Harris is going to get a belly full of just how over him I am. Um, it's very well done.
1: Yeah, I agree. And Emma Caulfield is, is so good. Really good. Really, really good.
0: I miss her. I wish she. Would Me be more too. Things. She doesn't um, do enough. She
1: was in a couple episodes of Wandavision, but.
0: Oh yeah, she was ba- barely. That was exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it
1: did, like did not pay off in a way that I was hoping for.
0: <laughs> I know a lot of people were like, "She's Mephisto." <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I love that Buffy calls out Xander saying that she's like team Cordy at the yeah. bronze. That was great. And then I love hate when Buffy goes to talk to Cordy. Cause yeah. I love, I love that she sees Cordelia. We, we have, we have their conversation in season one. We have what happened in homecoming and they're, yep. they're closer. And then I love that she sees Cordelia and is like worried about her, goes out to talk to her. And, uh, Cordelia is about to open up to her. I just wanted to see how you are. Never been better. Cordelia, I know what it's like to be hurt by someone. Hurt so much that you don't think you're going to make it. But I told my friends how I felt. And you know what? They got a little better. And then the thing I hate is that she can't. And obviously, it makes this episode possible. Buffy and Cordelia can't really be super close because Cordelia has to go over into Angel. There's all these things working but
1: but you're totally right it's like she's she's literally on the edge of like of being like yeah well you know what you know and then laying the whole thing out and then a vampire comes and buffy you know ends up throwing her or the the vampire she gets thrown into the trash basically and then that's the moment when like Harmony walks by and it's just like come on though
0: (laughs) it was so close it it honestly made me think while it was happening I was just like this is where like if there was a what if series of Buffy this is one of those things of like what if Cordelia didn't get chucked into the trash and she actually opened up to Buffy and they went and got coffee somewhere or something and then they just became friends and then she stayed in Sunnydale and she became a like she yeah. did on Angel with Buffy and like that would be fascinating that would be so I cool
1: <laughs> I agree I can't like you know there's there, there's certain things where it's like you know this obviously opens up the, the story for so many things so many huge things that are super important and you know everything but at the same time it, it is sort of like a what if though like what yeah, if we did this if. instead
0: <laughs> Um, so then Cord- we cut to Cordelia wishing that Buffy had never come to Sunnydale she goes to her thing uh, she goes to the other world and- I do love
1: that all throughout the conversation about where Cordelia is just like well, and then Buffy this and Buffy that and Buffy 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 and Anya just keeps being like well but, but also what about Xander though yeah. <laughs> what about Xander and so once Cordelia finally says the word I wish and she's like alright and she does it. We see the um, uh, vengeance demon face. Yeah, her, her vengeance demon face. The very face. first one. Yeah. Yeah. Also, ooh, I had a really weird thing. Never, ever, ever again. Does she? Oh, you know what? I get. I think Hallie. I don't think she does. She puts her amulet on to Cordelia.
0: Yeah, that never happened before.
1: Or again, it never happens again.
0: I don't understand. I mean, it happened for the story, but yeah, Halfrack never does it. She never does it when she demon like did all the wishes before.
1: Yeah. Also, I don't think it needs to happen because. I mean, to cut to the end a little. Giles summons Anya at the end. He could have just as easily summoned her and grabbed the necklace off of her. Yeah. He didn't need to already have it. You know, like, I feel like there could have been a different way That they found out it was on Yanka. Did
0: the necklace not... Did he not use the necklace to summon
1: her? Well, he used the necklace to find out who she was, but then there was, like, a spell to summon her. But I feel like if you just, like, left Cordelia alive for five more minutes or... um, you know, just let her get a word in, Edgewise, because Giles really cuts her off hard once he yeah. once they rescue her. Giles, it's all my fault. I please. wasn't. I made this stupid wish. Come on, please lie. No, I just feel like there was a, a better way to do that without. And I mean, and, you know, it's another one of those things where it's like I doubt they thought they were ever going to bring Anya back, and it was just going to be a one-time thing. But knowing what we know, and that, like, that's her. And also, they say it in this episode, that necklace is her power center. Why would she just willy-nilly be putting that on a mortal teenage girl? It's
0: so insane. Yeah, they must (laughs) not have been thinking. It's funny, because they definitely did, because they had him smash it, and it's what destroyed her. Yeah. So, it's, like, they definitely were, like, this is her power center, but it's, like, what was the reasoning behind putting it on her? Unless she just, like, assumed, oh, I'll just get this back, like, nothing bad's gonna happen. I mean, that's
1: obviously what she assumed, but
0: that's weird
1: yeah it's a really weird plot like like a hindsight plot hole
0: yeah um cordelia is super racist
1: yeah she's not not racist hey you where did you put my car
0: pardon my
1: auto el convertablo
0: you students aren't allowed to drive and you
1: know it what this is not the first time she's been racist either
0: yeah she
1: is i will say an equal opportunity racist because she's she's racist against the swedish guy
0: yeah
1: in the Inca mummy girl episode
0: (laughs) oh man some problematic stuff from 90s television oh yeah oh yeah i i I, we talked about this before i love the foreshadowing of willow's board now like it's starting here buffy the slayer No, Buffy, the dog-faced girl. Duh, who do you think I'm talking
1: about? Bored now.
0: Uh, It starts here, it continues in Doppelganger Land, and obviously goes into season six. And then later.
1: I do think um, when we recorded this the first time we talked about it, because Giles has a little team, and it's Oz and Larry, which both make sense, and I like that. And then some random fucking girl named Nancy. Yeah. Where's Amy?
0: yeah anybody any of the people that we've where's jonathan
1: like yeah well jonathan was obviously the first to go (laughs) he has no real world skills
0: honestly it would (laughs) have been super cool if especially introducing him as Mm -hmm. the 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 butt of the joke in the beginning and then oh. have it turn out that he's one of the white hats in the yeah. alternate world like he's actually one of the people you want saving your life in the alternate world that would have been fascinating to me that would have been um, interesting
1: i just mostly hate that it's nancy and not and literally any other person we've met before like yeah I, like you're right it could have been jonathan even like one of the other cordy girls like one yeah. of the ones that doesn't get a lot to do but i i think specifically if if it was gonna be a girl I don't because this is pre gingerbread. It one hundred percent should have been Amy. Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: It should that would have been great because she's not a bad guy yet. I mean, she not that she ever becomes a bad guy.
1: I mean, okay, spoiler alert. She's even only ever like vaguely a bad guy.
0: Yeah, it's well, not in the series in the comics. yeah. When you get to the <laughs>
1: comics, she's a hard bad guy. Yeah. I, I do remember that. <laughs>
0: Um, massive spoiler
1: a lot of people don't consider the comics canon so
0: I don't know why they are they
1: 100% are they pick up right where the series ends.
0: it always makes me laugh too because they're like well I don't consider that canon I'm like okay but it is yeah. so. <laughs> I mean I don't know what to tell I you I don't
1: know what you're doing
0: you cannot like it uh, if that was the case then it's also like well I don't like this episode I don't yeah, think that's canon I don't canon. like this episode this season's bad and that's not canon <laughs> um so yeah so xander and willow okay so i love this is another thing we talked about we'll talk about it again uh i love willow and xander as the master's minions Mm -hmm. but darla should be with them yeah darla should be with them and she should be annoyed at the mm-hmm. master, giving them the time of day like that would have been fascinating. I'm sure they either didn't think about it or Julie Benz was busy. But
1: so I would I mean, Julie Benz is never as busy as I think she should be. But um, I have I have a weird feeling that like. I don't think Darla could have been in it if they were trying to do the things they did with Angel, because I don't believe true that even even regardless of the fact that he has a soul, because what we find out, you know, much later in this and Angel, the series is that Darla tried to stick it out yeah, while Angel had a soul. And so I don't think that Darla would allow that treatment of Angel.
0: And as we know later, like, Darla's head over heels in love with Angel. Um, I don't think
1: that she would allow Willow, who is a baby, baby, baby vampire...
0: To torture him.
1: To torture him and to treat him that way. Like, sure, he could maybe still be a prisoner, but, like, I don't think that would be happening.
0: Yeah, I guess the headcanon could be that she either was killed by Angel for whatever alternate reason or... um, the she like left because she couldn't oppose the master keeping angels as a prisoner. She wasn't going to sure. break him out um, because she also has an undying loyalty to the master. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm just going to leave. I don't want to be a part of this.
1: But you're right. There just is no explanation. And that always did feel kind of weird to me, too, because I mean, canonically, this takes place at the same point in time, just as at a different in a different universe. But. I mean, I don't know. There's just there's just no indication. Like, do you not like I feel like the master would also still be dis- like sad or disappointed if she was dead. I feel like she would have been mentioned when he's talking to Willow. I don't know. It. I agree. It's bizarre that A- or that Darla is not even spoken of.
0: Yeah, Um. I completely agree. But, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll animate that. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll animate all the plot holes <laughs> of Buffy that explain things. <laughs> Um
1: that's your next project once that's you're done my with next the project, art.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I just number them. I'm like plot hole number one.
1: Yeah, um,
0: perfect. <clears throat> I show them grieving over losing Jesse. <laughs> it's just like all the mundane things that nobody like cares a funeral, about. A
1: straight up funeral <laughs> yeah, for Jesse. Yeah, a straight up
0: funeral <laughs> for Jesse, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Cordel- Cordelia's um physical therapy after getting yes, impaled. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. So much great shit. Um It's funny. I, I, something I noticed this time that I didn't the first time. It's funny how probably I'm definitely now because the amount of people that I didn't realize how many people hated the Willow Xander love thing or make like lust thing, uh, as much as until I like got into the Buffy community on social media. Uh, because I, when I was watching it on TV, I was just like, oh, this is but you know, whatever. Like I wasn't into it or against it. It was just like, this is what the story it's they're telling It's just what was me. happening, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny to think of like, everybody like, finally we're done with that fucking Willow Xander thing. And then you have them like <laughs> licking each other's yeah, mouths. It's awful.
1: <laughs> I wish us into bizarro land and you guys are still together?
0: They were no, so no, 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 wait, we have a little bit more.
1: <laughs> oh man, you're totally right. You're totally right. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. (laughs) Straight up dominatrix. Um, uh, Oh, yeah. And then I remember the first time I watched... Speaking of, the first time I watched this, when Cordelia died, I was devastated. I legit thought, like, she's dead. This is... (laughs) I just wasn't... Now, obviously, I would think about, like, the the what it means like watching a show you're like oh well this is not universe they're probably gonna fix yeah. like you've seen it enough but back then this is like this buffy was breaking ground left and right yep. and i was like holy shit they just killed a main character um
1: i actually so because i watched the show so out of order i like i knew she didn't really die so it was also kind of the thing where. I've always thought it was like actually just like an awesome storytelling thing because the whole, this whole alternate universe is Cordelia's fault. And then she doesn't even really have to suffer through it. She's there for like three hours. Yeah. And then she's dead. I actually think it's sort of hilarious
0: and poetic, (laughs) darkly poetic, that she started this world out of anger for Willow and Xander and dies by willow and xander basically like making out on her neck <laughs>
1: like, yeah
0: it's uh, yeah it's such a twisted in...
1: it's so gross because like xander gets her from the one side of the neck and then willow gets her from the other side of the neck and then xander reaches around her to grab willow's head uh, yeah. it's disgusting oh,
0: it's so fucking gross this did episode watch... like rubs it in
1: did you watch midnight mass
0: No, I didn't. You told me to, but I haven't watched it yet.
1: It's extremely hellish. I'm not sure how much Stacy would like it, (laughs) Um, but it's there's like a sort of similar thing where like I don't want to give anything away, but there's kind of a similar like body language thing that happens in that, and it it just made me ill every (laughs) time it happened. It's just disgusting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) These showrunners, man. And so they they go we we basically he gets buffy i love annoyed buffy
1: oh me too annoyed lo- and jaded buffy because annoyed, like annoyed our buffy, buffy so, yeah. is not jaded she our buffy doesn't get jaded until yeah. like season 6 and even yeah. then it doesn't there's last a, forever
0: and there's a very good reason
1: <laughs> yeah there's a super good reason and then it still doesn't last forever
0: yeah um and she and she definitely gets annoyed in the show but like this is a uh, disconnected from society Buffy which also is fascinating to see it's 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 important okay so I love the fight I love the fight scene that breaks out and is intercut with Giles and Anya's argument because it's so wrought with emotion like it's very well written it's very cinematic uh and then the the decision to kill Buffy is such a great decision in this episode because it's the story they've been telling this whole time and they continue to tell Buffy survives because of her friends. And Uh so in this war, in this dark twisted world without friends, she dies. She has nobody. Yep. Uh, And I think that's fascinating.
1: Other people are working to her same purpose, even in that room. Right. But they're not working together. Yeah. Which I think is very interesting. And presumably this is the first time she's encountered the master and he kills her. Yeah, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Which
0: is, and it's also the thing. Like he killed her in the first one, which was the prophecy that he was going to kill her, and then her friends brought her yep. back to life, which she. Yeah, I mean have you here. can't
1: uh, you can't CPR a broken neck. But- yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't undo that. Yeah, uh, but
1: I do take your point. It's definitely, definitely the same, the same, and it's super interesting and. I do love Annoyed Giles on the phone, too. He's, like, trying to get in touch with her watcher and the watcher's council, and he's like... Yes,
0: I understand, but it's imperative that I see her. Here. Well, when will you? Well, you are her watcher. I'd expect her to at least check in. Yes, I'm aware that there's a great deal of demonic activity in Cleveland. It... Well, it happens, you know, that, that Sunnydale is on a hellmouth. It It is so. Well, just just give her the message, if you ever see
1: her again. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) it's so bureaucratic, and I think the, it's, I hate the Watcher's Council, but that's kind of the part that I think is hilarious, is how bureaucratic they are. Isn't, isn't,
0: yeah, I love that too, but isn't, isn't Cleveland also the place uh, where at the, at the end of the series, Angel makes a joke, or not Angel, um, uh, giles makes a joke about
1: there's uh, another one in cleveland there's another one in yeah. cleveland
0: yeah yep. <laughs> and Faith's like shut up <sighs> spoiler alert um i keep saying spoiler alert after i do after major you say the thing
1: <laughs> come um, on trevor ah
0: angel getting dusted is where when i watched this i finally rea- it took that long for me to realize yeah. oh none of this is None of this is real.
1: I do. Yeah, I, yeah, a hundred percent. And I also do love that Buffy just walks through him. Like it's nothing. It's incredible.
0: Yeah, it's good. If only. (laughs) What I, what I love too, is it breaks down that idea of like, they're meant to be together Uh and they'll always feel this connection. Like without the, (laughs) I was going to say without the grooming, (laughs) (laughs) but without any of like the buildup there, like she gives, no fucks. Yeah. She's like, I don't, she's not even like worried about him being this attractive guy or feeling mm-hmm. any connection at all. And I love that they didn't even like hint at like, oh, I feel something. Like, I love that it was just like, no, with absent of everything else, just like, yep. fuck him. Uh, but it was devastating <sighs> to watch her just like walk through his dust cloud, like, Jesus, I'm like, what is happening right now? I don't
1: know. He, <laughs> <You're> not- <laughs> you say devastating, I say. <laughs> Emotionally satisfying, potato (laughs) potato.
0: (laughs) You're like, this is what I've been waiting for. Like, thank God. (laughs) Um, and then Oz killing Willow is obviously our linchpin into the next episode. Um,
1: I also wow. Um, well, sure, I do like that because it sort of feels like, even though it's an alternate universe, it feels like Oz had some sort of catharsis from the scenario. But um oh shoot, I forgot what I was gonna say now. Who kills Xander? Someone kills Xander.
0: I think uh Is it Buffy? It might be Buffy, yeah. I think she like shoves it in his heart and she's like it shows her indifferent to killing Xander. And then Xander. just
1: walks away, yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I love it.
0: Um it's it's great. You're it's it's cool to see. But I, I also love that it's this dramatic music and like it's very intense because you are watching all all your favorites die
1: like you said how it cuts between the fight and (laughs) then giles talking to anya it actually for me is um really akin to the angel's speech and passion oh yeah that is cutting between giles and then um like giles finding jenny and then um, Buffy and willow like getting the phone call about it and everything I really like that for quite sure, a lot, yeah. too yeah. it's so good as f- for like the dramatic effect
0: yeah and then uh also <laughs> my one of my favorite moments ever is the master sliding down the stairs it is the most like <laughs> dramatic <laughs> we, we love how dramatic the master is <laughs> He's so I,
1: it was so nice. It's always so nice watching this episode because I think he only maybe comes back one more time in season seven. But getting Mark Metcalf in these episodes is so fun because he is just hamming it up completely. He's being he's chewing all the scenery. It's so fun. And like, I tell you, this is really a disturbing plan that he has. It is because... Basically, the plan is to gather up a bunch of alive people, which begs a question that I'll that I'll ask in a minute. But he gathers up all these people, and then he like runs them essentially down a conveyor belt. He's doing like assembly line shit, right? To like suck all of the blood out <laughs> of them. And we definitely, I definitely brought this up the first time we recorded this episode because I'm just like, it doesn't feel sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> Because his like his argument is like we hunt and then we you know whatever and then we go out and we hunt and feed and then we have to do it again the next day and it's like yeah man that's what's called being a grown up you have to make your breakfast you have to make your lunch you have to make your dinner every day you have to do it it's going to be the same tomorrow it's going to be the same next year Um, and also so many of these vampires like enjoy and crave the hunt so that's also not helpful but the thing for me is you've got two two main issues the first of which is so are you just gonna like extract the blood from all of these people and then how are you gonna store the blood right that's my first question my second question is how like shit i forgot my second question
0: well while you try to get it back here, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll jump on. I'll, I'll to quote Zoom vernacular. I'll piggyback off of that. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> uh, what's What's fascinating is like they couldn't they couldn't kill everybody and store the blood because then you would just go to a blood bank. Like obviously right. they like drinking the warm blood from a deceased person immediately, but then in order to keep everybody alive until you want to drink them you would have to feed them that's also, okay that
1: was my second point <laughs> <laughs>
0: like you're you're building this whole you're becoming an adult you're yeah. going back to human like oh well we need to get jobs and we need to like get food for these people and then Thank also you. why why build the machine if you're just storing humans you can just drink from them again like all exactly of this
1: <laughs> and then you can keep sense. them alive in between they presumably killed the girl that they like tested it on yeah. which is so stupid and it goes to a place that we go to with like a lot of stuff like this, like um uh Rachel and I were watching a Discovery of Witches, and there's a character who is like capturing witches and trying to get them pregnant with vampire witch hybrid babies. And we were like, Okay, dude, <laughs> you psychopath dude, you're gonna get these witches pregnant with a baby. Then you're gonna have a baby. Right. <laughs> then you have to care for a baby yeah what are you thinking of
0: like (laughs)
1: what is wrong
0: with you and it was like it's been happening
1: so much because we were also watching i caught up on outlander and there's a character who like um through an assault had a child and he just is like trying to get the child back and i'm like you are a pirate yeah. You're just going to take this baby <laughs> and then they just have a baby as a pirate.
0: That's so weird.
1: What are you doing? It's so <laughs> bizarre. And, and this feels very the same thing where it's like, you have to at least feed them something. You're right. And so fine. Keep them in cages, you know, keep them in this like warehouse, whatever. But you have to feed them something. You want to feed them decent food or else their blood's going to taste bad. You're going to have to make sure they don't get sick. You're going to have to make sure all right. this stuff. And I'm like, I don't. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what was, I think that's why it works so great as a one-off alternate yeah. universe episode because it's like if this was as if this was some kind of villain in the main series, I think all those questions would come up. Like this doesn't make, and yeah. ar- arguably, I think they would also write all those questions too. To be like, sure. well, how would they do that? Like Willow would be like, but then wouldn't they have to do this? Like Willow would be the smart one, and they'd be yeah. like, well, regardless, they think their plan's going to work, and they're killing people now, and like that would make sense, but. Yeah, I think it works to just... Oh, but also, but then in that same argument, they could have just been killing a bunch of people. They didn't have to concoct this massive plan to go in and fight them.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's so it could have weird. Just been,
0: yeah, it could have just been like <laughs> Buffy said, let's go kill the master and his minions. Yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> come on. But uh, so they, they all die, and Giles says the other world has to be better than this one, smashes the amulet, come back, and then... One of the funniest things is Cordelia runs on a tangent of awful wishes. No, wait. I wish Buffy Summers had never been born. Done. And I wish that Xander Harris never again knows the touch of a woman. And that Willow wakes up tomorrow covered in monkey hair.
1: In fact, I wish all men except... (laughs) Oh my
0: God, if she went with any of those... (laughs) (laughs)
1: I know, right? (laughs) At least it was the first one. You just wish she never came to Sunnydale. Yeah. (laughs) but Yeah. I don't know. I love this episode. I think it's mostly great. I like I there is that moment with Angel that where he's like when Buffy like releases him and he's like, I waited for you. You're my destiny. And it's just like barf. Yeah, (laughs) it's so gross. Get out! And
0: and it's also because he's just like, "Oh, you don't know me? Oh, of course, yeah. Why would you?" And I'm like, "Right, because you were peeping on her, dude. Like, what? What? Why would she know who you are? You fucking creep. Yuck." Um. (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's that's this episode, and now uh, we're going to record the next one, which you guys will hear in two months. (laughs) But thank you for it's such a long time you you could wait you could just take this out to the side and then wait till Doppelgangerland comes out and listen to them together but thank sure you for course. listening um, and you can follow us on Twitter I'm at Trevor Carly
1: and I am with my other podcast at So I'm Watching and my personal account at FiddleDD85
0: as always please rate review and subscribe and we will see you next time
1: bye